This is season eight of the Prophetic Imagination Station podcast. I'm D.L. Mayfield. I'm Crispin Mayfield. And this season we're talking about the thorniest, maybe horniest subject we've ever done. Christian romance. Are you ready, Crispin? I don't think I am, but here we go. Hey, it is the last episode of our Christian romance season. Yeah, we just decided that. (laughs) (laughs) It snuck up on us. Yes, it did. I can't even remember when we started this season. I think it was April. So it's not been that long, but I was recording interviews before. It's just like... We could literally keep doing this for a long time, but I do think it'd get more niche. Like, when I first started doing this series, I really wanted to talk about, like, the Gates of Zion series, the anti-Semitism, the revisionist history of Bodhi Tani, and, and, like, as I got into the thick of it, I was trying to read these really long novels, I was like, nobody cares, Danielle. I mean, I think they're really important that they've shaped, like, white Christian women's views on Israel, the nation state of Israel, but, like... Nobody wants to hear me talk about that, so we're scrapping all that. Um, life is chaotic over here. It's It's been like the longest streak of over 95 degree days in Portland history, which makes podcasting and an un- air-conditioned house really difficult. And so we just thought, we put out a lot of great episodes. Crispin's going to have the reins for this one, and, um, and we're going to end it there. Um because we have a really fun season we'll be working on for the fall and winter. So we'll take at least a four-week break. Thank you to everyone who supports this podcast, um, both by listening, sharing about it, reviewing it, rating all that. But of course, the patrons allow us to, to keep going. And um, I'm in like deep burnout, and this is the, like the only thing I've been able to do. So I'm grateful <laughs> for that. And also, like if you miss us, if you miss our voices for the next month or so, just become a patron. It's like a dollar fifty, and you can listen to all our patron only episodes where we jabber. And I thought the last one we did was, I don't know. I felt kind of proud of it. So yeah, and we're getting really good feedback on it. So I just want to say that really quick. I'm sorry if we didn't get to your favorite Christian romance books. Um, I'm too depressed to do it. <laughs> so just being honest. <laughs> Tweet tweeted us your favorite Christian romance book that we missed, and we will retweet it and see who else out there like has something to say about it. I mean, I enjoy talking with Erin Moon so much. Like, she really matched my energy in some ways, and I'm like, at some point, and Debbie, I love talking to Debbie. So I'm always like, who can I do? a Christy Miller series recap podcast with, because that would be so fun to go through each book. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I mean, that'll bring in the money, won't it, Crispin? I'm sure it will. <laughs> what a good I, side gig. <laughs> but I, for some reason, nobody wants to do it. I mean, pe- we're, all so bu- we're all so busy. People would sign up to listen to you, Aaron, and or Debbie talk right? about it. It's just... I mean, that's the thing. When we're talking about Christian romance, Christian purity culture, there's like a never-ending supply of content. So we got to cut it off somewhere. So we're cutting it off with the Crispin Spectacular episode. (laughs) Do you want to tell us real quick what books you're going to be talking to me about today? Yes. So I'm going to be talking about I Kiss Dating Goodbye, Mm -hmm. which is, you know. The OG. Right, yeah. By and large, the, the, you know the most well-known. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there was uh, Boy Meets Girl, Hello to Courtship, also by him. I've never heard of Hello to Courtship, to be perfectly honest. Well, no, no. It's called Boy Meets Girl, subtitle, Hello oh, to Courtship. Oh, okay, okay. Just to there like, I, I feel like it's, like you got to add it. If if it's a sequel to I Kiss Dating Goodbye, I feel like you have to add the subtitle, I Kiss Dating Goodbye, Hello mm-hmm. to Courtship. Mm-hmm. Josh Harris. Yeah. Danielle, I just, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but I so badly wanted to court when I was a teenager. Okay. Um, then there's also when God I writes- did not, just because I was like, no, no man is worthy of courting me. Yes. I was like, I wanted to be courted. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's the way it works. Is that but- what I did to you? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Um. And then, When God Writes Your Love Story. Such a Crispin title. 
if I'm being yes, perfectly honest. Exactly. You're not saying any of the authors. Do you not want to say their names? Joshua Harris okay. wrote the first two, and then Eric and Leslie Ludi uh-huh. wrote the second two. Mm-hmm. And and it's worth mentioning that Eric and Leslie are mentioned in I Kissed Dating Goodbye. They were role models to Josh Harris. Oh, shocking. But I loved these books. I was not allowed to like not not like it wasn't not like I wasn't allowed to read Christy Miller, but it wasn't like, oh, you're a teenage boy. Like and I lived in China. Mm-hmm. So all the content I got was like our church from the States would like mail us stuff. They mailed you books? Books and Because yeah, you guys for, were missionaries, just for people who didn't know. Yes, right. Frank Peretti books, you know, CDs, etc. Um, and so it was sort of like whatever they thought I would like generally. So, you know, obviously they're not going to be like, oh, Christy Miller books. That being said, my sister had them as we discussed in the last episode. Mm-hmm. But I loved reading these books because they were so romantic. Yeah. Like in They're boy- not really, dear <laughs> listeners, they're not really romantic at all. So the whole... Idea is to to tell you they were yes. the The whole goal of these books is to tell you how to be a good Christian and how to get hitched the right way. Okay, here's the deal. Do you think they're romantic in that like repressed longing? Yeah, totally. I mean, Jane Austen, because you love a Jane Austen. Yes, totally. Uh I mean, like the the beginning of Boy Meets Girl. Josh Harris is talking about like he's working at his church. And then Shannon across the street is working at her job and he would watch her leave her Uh office every day from his window. It's a little light stalking. Right, yeah. Watch her get in her car and he's thinking, oh, like she's just, she's out of my league. Mm -hmm. Little did he know that she was breaking down in tears every day of loneliness at the end of the day, just like pleading to God to bring her a husband. Oh, wow. (laughs) So, but like, I just ate that up, right? Like, I just loved it. It was funny. I wonder if anybody else read these books as like truly romance stories. I mean, uh they must have. I obviously didn't. I mean, here's the other. So, this is from When God Writes Your Love Story. This is from Leslie, the uh, female partner in this relationship. It was our honeymoon, by far the most incredible two weeks of my life. After waiting for what seemed like an eternity, I was finally Mrs. Eric Ludy. Oh, I thought she was going to talk about sex. (laughs) Just wait. Oh. No, she's not. Oh. (laughs) And just when I thought I had discovered the depths of Eric's love for me, maybe that's a reference to sex, he took it to a yet deeper level. (laughs) Uh Oh. See all these letters, he said, flipping through page after page of notebook paper? I wrote these to you years before we ever met. I've been saving them for a honeymoon. That's what Christy Miller did he, yeah, for Todd. He, uh-huh. Wait, what do you mean? She but, wrote letters to her future husband and gave them to Todd on their oh, wedding night. Oh, well, I wonder which came out first. Oh, well, they're all f- focused on the family people, I mean, right? Yeah, and that's the whole idea is like, think about it. Like your future spouse is out there right now. I mean, like, what are they doing? We're not shaming people who did this. Okay, no, lots no. of people did this. Right. In fact, like, we should pause here. I just wanted to talk about what was romantic for me. Right? That's totally something okay. I would have... How come d- you didn't do that to me? I know, right? I mean, that's the thing, is that I... I'm hurt was so, and offended. I was so romantic, uh-huh. and you were like, uh, no. Oh, my gosh. Do you remember all those picnics you tried to take me on? Mm-hmm. Crispin was always playing Iron and Wine for me, mm-hmm. and, like, taking me on picnics and just, like, gazing at me. I wrote you poetry. Like, yeah. <sighs> Okay, I'm just getting out myself here as a terrible person. Now we understand, right? Uh We understand a little bit. Right. Neurodivergence. Hey, yo. Um, But, like, I thought your picnics were so boring. I was like, what are we going to talk about? You know, (laughs) first and second kings, which we're learning about in our Bible college where we met, you know? Uh And then you for my birthday because I said I didn't want anything. Was Mm -hmm. this my first birthday that we were dating? Married. We were married. Oh, no. And I was like, oh, I don't need presents because I'm basically Shane Claiborne. And like, yeah. I don't need And we were like really goods. poor. And we were really poor. Yeah. So Crispin got me a journal. A and, moleskin journal, which was which, like. Tw- yes. That's what writers had, right? Mm-hmm. Is moleskins. And then, yeah, explain what you did. I wrote you like three poems and put them in the journal. The first three pages were three poems he wrote for me. Mm-hmm, like love poems. <sighs> and I got that journal for my birthday. Kind of looked at the three poems. I was like, okay. And I was like, okay, where's the rest of my presents? 
And you were like, you said you yeah. didn't want any. Yeah, you were and like, I wrote you poems, and I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I got you flowers, too. Which I also don't care about. Yes. At See, all. That's the thing. I was like, I am like the perfect romantic you really guy. Are. And unfortunately, <laughs> um, I don't like those kind of romantic things. You know, there's things I do like, but most of it we can't talk about on a public podcast. And so, <laughs> anyways, I think it's funny to go back and look at these things, especially the just the different personality types. And we've already talked about this a little bit, but like these books are written to a pretty specific type of person and also like prescribing that towards everyone. Mm -hmm. Can I tell you my Josh Harris stories really yes. quick? Because Josh Harris is going to be the way more well-known than Eric and Leslie Ludy. Yes. I mean, to you, Eric and Leslie Ludy are like a big deal, but probably most people know of I Kiss Dating Goodbye, Josh Harris. Mm -hmm. So my family knew of Josh Harris's church, which was here in Oregon. We didn't live in Oregon at the time, but like when we would travel through we like a, would go to Josh Harris's church because his dad was like big in the homeschool movement. And, mm -hmm. You know, me and my sisters were homeschool. I remember my parents freaked out because my sister Lindsay wore a skirt that was too short when we went to this homeschool church, you know. To their church? To Josh Harris's church, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and so then um, fast forward a few years later, I drop out of my first Bible college. My parents ended up moving to Gresham, Oregon, which is actually close to where I live now. And I worked at Starbucks after I dropped out. I moved back in with my parents, worked at Starbucks. And Josh Harris's dad would come in every day. And he wasn't, like, rude, but he was very much, like, entitled white man. You know, he'd bring his Bible, bring all his studies in, get a cup of coffee. He would move the one comfortable chair in the Starbucks, like an overstuffed chair. He'd, like, move it to where he wanted it to be every day and then never move it back. You know, all that mm -hmm. stuff. Now – Greg. Yeah, Greg Harris. I know because I'm holding the book right now and it's dedicated to my parents, Greg, and um, I can't read what her name is. But now, now you know what Josh Harris's dad does, Greg Harris, because guess what? It's not profitable to be a super conservative Christian who runs a homeschool movement and a church. You know what he does now? What? He owns a terrarium shop here in Portland. Really? Yes. And he, How and do he, you know this? I just do. You just, do. just Google it. You can go and you can create terrariums at his hipster terrarium building shop. Josh Harris is dead here in Portland. Wow. Yeah, they have classes. Um, you know, they all all the supplies. Uh, yeah, so that's my tidbits. Those <laughs> oh are my, my connections. Gosh. And when I read I Kissed Day Goodbye, I was just like, no, I don't. Because, like, the way those books kind of set it up is that men are the leaders, men are whatever. And I would just look around at, like, the youth groups, the college groups, the Bible colleges. And I was just like, these boys are dipshits, if I'm being perfectly honest. Because they were. I right. mean, am I wrong, Crispin? No. And so I was just like, no, thank you. Mm -hmm. And I just did the more traditional route of – it's not like I didn't have any romantic desire, but I would say I'm definitely on the lower end, right, of that mm -hmm. spectrum. And so I did the classic thing of, like, I was only into, like, super mean guys that would never like me back because mm -hmm. that way I didn't have to actually worry about courting and all that, <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. So that's what I did. What would yeah. you do, Crispin? I'm going to get into it. I just had a crush on every single girl, single girl that I saw all the time. Yeah. They didn't have to be mean? You liked them all? I liked them all. Um, and I feel like before we get into like the meat of these books, there we need a trigger warning. Okay. Uh, lots of purity culture stuff. Mm -hmm. um, lots of like shaming people. Mm -hmm. um, and and also like I, I th like this is like people have so many different experiences. And like you mm -hmm. said with in your interview with Devi. Mm -hmm. Like we actually, you, know, you especially, are like the purity culture Ugh. like poster child. So like, there's a part of me that's like, you know, I hope we don't say anything stupid. Um, we'll try to cut it if we do. Um, but I think this is like really important to talk. But also, about. we're just talking about our own experiences, right? Yeah, and not prescribing that to other people. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So there are people that um, that probably like resonated with these books and. Um, but yeah, they're they're like very patriarchal mm -hmm. for sure. Um and really like the heart of it is as I understand it, like what I really walked away from this is that 
if you are romantically engaged with someone mm-hmm. and then you marry someone else, you are a rotten mango. Ugh. That is like literally one of the, mm-hmm. like they look healthy on the outside, mm-hmm. but they are rotten on the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just going to read one more passage that gives like a good picture of this. Like From I feel what? like this summarizes the book. So this is the first chapter, the very beginning of I Kiss Dating Goodbye. Okay. It was finally here, Anna's wedding day, the day she had dreamed about and planned for for months. The small, picturesque church was crowded with friends and family. Joy surged within her. This was the moment for which she had waited for so long. David gently took her hand, and they turned toward the altar. But as the minister began to lead Anna and David through their vows, the unthinkable happened. A girl stood up in the middle of the congregation, walked quietly to the altar, and took David's other hand. Another girl approached and stood next to the first, followed by another. A chain of six girls stood by him as he repeated his vows to Anna. Anna felt her lip begin to quiver as tears welled up in her eyes. Is this some kind of joke? She whispered to David. I'm sorry, Anna, he said, staring at the floor. Who are these girls, David? What's going on? She gasped. They're girls from my past. They don't mean anything to me now, but I've given a part of my heart to each of them. I thought your heart was mine, she said. It is, it is, he pleaded. Everything that's left is yours. A tear rolled down Anna's cheek. Mm. Then she woke up from the dream. Oh! (laughs) That is the beginning of I Kiss Dating Goodbye. And this whole premise is like, if you become emotionally involved with someone who is not your forever partner. Yeah. Then you, there's something irreparable about that. And right, I heard, I heard the phrase like soul ties or something. Yeah, right. And what's, I think, like I, I, I don't like the idea of like if you have sex with someone that you lose a part of yourself or you're tainted or whatever. Like that's terrible in and of itself. And this is a step beyond. Mm-hmm. This is like any sort of like emotional, like. Engagement, attachment, yeah. attachment, right, with that person means that you are tainted for your future wedding. This is from When God Writes Your Love Story. Six months before our wedding, Leslie made a statement to me that made me shudder. Okay. She simply said, Eric, I wish you had never had a desire for another girl in your entire life. Well, that's really controlling. Yes, right? Right? I'm like, and also like, it just really- and immature. Sp- immature, right. It's really immature. Like, this is like jealousy. There's this Julia Michael song that I was trying to talk to you about the other day, where she says like, I wish all your exes were dead. Like, I wish there were no exes at all. Like, oh, I was geez. the only girl you ever cared about. And you're like, that is, I mean, that that is a, like, what would that mean? If you met someone when you were 25 and they were like, oh, actually, I've never had any, like, romantic or sexual feelings for anybody else, you would be like, yeah, that's, like, that probably is, means that you're, like, demi or yeah. something like that. But that is not, like, that is not the experience of most people, right? right? And to say, like, this is kind of saying, like, you should not have romantic feelings for people. You should not have sexual feelings. Yeah, and I think it's important just to say here, like, all of this caterwauling gibberish <laughs> you know it's like it's not coming out of nowhere it's it's to accomplish a specific aim and do you want to explain what that aim is or do you not know what that aim is i i what do you think the aim because is? because the thing about josh harris and you i sometimes i'm like i think you're too in the weeds on it I almost know. because uh-huh. you're a man who was like super impacted by purity culture which Definitely happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and Josh Harris, I think, was also in the thick of it. Like, I think he was truly, I mean, he was 19 freaking years old, right? Uh-huh. And so he's just, his brain's not developed. Like, all of this. But the true aim of these books is, like, to uphold a patriarchal framework where women remain virgins until mm-hmm. they're married, right? Right. And That's that, what again, I thought it was, but I was like, am I missing Chris, something? Same thing with Christy Miller. It's like... Creating a theology that shepherds a woman to be under her dad and pastor's care and to under her husband and pastor's care um, with no break in between. That's literally Mm -hmm. like 
courtship and, you, you know, all, kind of like legal guardianship ownership. And so mm-hmm. it's fascinating that Josh Harris is sort of like kind of talking about male purity. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't seem quite so patriarchal. It's like we're really shaming the men here now mm-hmm. for doing, you know. Right. But I'm like the end goal is just the same mm-hmm. to keep women virgins and and men too as because that way it makes it equal right well i mean you know what i mean right i mean listen to this eric ludy says this my whole life i had wanted my future spouse to do me the favor of staying pure give me a little respect and prove to me that i'm the love of her life which means like not kissing other men not Uh going on dates with other men being Uh a one man woman why would I go through all the trouble of denying my desires for so many years if the person I'm doing it for isn't doing the same for me? What mm-hmm. a waste. What a waste. So it's like this idea of like, yeah, women should stay pure. And then it's like, oh, well, if you're expecting that of the woman you're going to marry someday, like this is in the context of like, oh, God told me I need to do the same for her. Mm-hmm. You know, but just all this patriarchal stuff of like, just kind of this idea of like, well, I'm thinking about, you know, my future wife is out there and is she sitting with someone at a in a car some dark place like he'd better not be kissing her with his big lips on my future wife. Like just this Wait, he says that? Yeah. <laughs> it is it is so cringy. And creepy. And like yeah, I mean he, Joshua Harris, one of his rules about um, why dating is bad is you can't own somebody outside of marriage. What? Which means what? that... Yes, he says that. That is one of the headings. What? You cannot own someone outside of marriage. Implicitly, what? you can't... <laughs> yes. I'm short-circuiting, but yeah, okay. I know, right. You did say, you're like, what is going to happen to me when we have, when we have this <laughs> conversation? So you're right. It is like this setting up. But I think... Um, that's what I was trying to figure out. Like, is it is it really is just about like the desirability of you, depending on like how many partners you've had. And I don't mean sexual partners. I just mean like romantic yeah. partners, right? Yeah. And the goal stated in the book is that um, when two people have saved themselves completely, inwardly, outwardly, emotionally, and physically, coming together to love each other for a lifetime with the purest, most uninhibited love imaginable. This is romance in its truest form. This is God's perfect design for you. So it's this idea of like if based off of what? I know the if, Bible? <laughs> right. Well, also I think it really I, I think we've seen this where there's this idea of like if you can stay pure before marriage, that sets you up well for marriage. And as a couples therapist, I will say that those Two things do not go together. <laughs> right. And there are things you can do. Right. To set yourself up for a good marriage, good mm-hmm. relationship. Right. But that is not an indicator. No. In any metric. Right. Right. I mean, that's the thing that I thought about is like, so the idea here, you know, Eric commits his life to God at some point. Eric Ludian says like, I'm not going to date anybody until God tells me this is the woman that you're supposed to date. Which is harkens back to redeeming love mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. I I hear that and I think of all the abusive men in evangelicalism that have told women like God told me to marry you, and made them question their internal experience I of mean, whether he's safe or not. We literally know people, right? Who and and other people get in on this scheme right mm-hmm. god told me god told me this man's going to be a godly leader is going to do great things for god mm-hmm. you should definitely marry him even though he has you know mental illness that's unmedicated you know mm-hmm. we know people very close to us multiple people right who have gotten into marriages with men because right. of these kinds of Message. I would say toxic, abusive marriages. Yeah. And the idea of like, well, I'm not, uh, I can't emotionally engage with this person until I know for sure I'm going to marry them means that you have to make that decision up front and you don't actually get to decide if this person is a healthy person based on being in a relationship with them. And I think that's, I just watched uh, season two of Parks and Rec 
And <laughs> I think a good example is there's this guy, Justin, that everybody loves, mm-hmm. right? And he starts dating Leslie. But Leslie finds out, like, in, like, yeah, like, he seems like a good guy. He's sort of charismatic. He's sort of narcissistic, but mm-hmm. everybody loves him. But then actually being in a relationship with that person, like, they're not actually caring. They're not actually attuned to you. And I think that, like, is just a good illustration of what happens for a lot of people where it's like, yeah, they might seem – you know, this is, like, the dude that's, like, I'm in church leadership. Like, you know, I love holding power. I mean, I'm really godly and spiritual, right? And then you get into it and you're like, oh, actually, this is not an emotionally safe person, but this is the person that God told me to marry or that I'm committed to. Or like it really, really discourages you from trusting your own intuition about what is safe for you and what a healthy relationship is like. Well, I think that can get kind of complicated because you're saying like this puts tons of pressure on people who took this stuff seriously Mm -hmm. to be like, I meet a cute guy at church or a Bible college or somewhere. He's a Christian. Like, should I go pray and see if, like, this could be my future husband? And if God says yes, then I can start to sort of pursue this person romantically. That's kind of what you're saying? And so it's putting a lot of pressure. Like, every interaction, every relationship is through this prism of, did God tell me this is the one? This Mm -hmm. is the one that I'm going to marry? And I'm like, I don't feel like I really grew up with that because... It just didn't seem possible for me to find a spouse as I wanted to be a missionary, you know? Uh-huh. And then when I met you, I just thought you were so nice. You know, I was physically attracted to you, which I wasn't to very many people. And I'm the person where you don't have any exes. I I know. I'm like, <laughs> again, like I'm the weird but I remember I'm the one who told you like I don't even know if I said, we're going to get married. I said, I am going to have your babies. Yeah. Which is also really weird because I never wanted to have children, really. Right. And then I just told you that when we were driving uh-huh. down the road. Right. And, but I'm like, I kind of think it was my intuition, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever we so. want to call that. Yeah. Which is just like, this is a quality person who I really like being around mm-hmm. and would like to snuggle with a lot. You know, like that was just it for me. Uh-huh. And then I don't think I really over-spiritualized it, but I over-spiritualized everything else, which is like, I can't even look at anybody because mm. I'm on a mission for God and they're mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, So that's right. why I'm like, I got the positives out of purity culture and I feel really guilty about that because I did not date really stupid, really horrible men. Mm-hmm. Um. But you're saying this can also go in these opposite directions, these toxic directions that we've seen, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it, yeah, it puts so much pressure. You and Aaron talked about that in your episode about just, yeah. And and there is this part in the book in I Kiss Dating Goodbye where Josh Harris says like, yeah, like we are Christians. There's no room for wasting time, for unintentionality. Like That's how I live my life. I know, right? <laughs> It's exhausting. It mm-hmm. makes sense when you're 19. It uh-huh. does not make sense when you're 38, as both me and Josh Harris are evidence of. Right, yeah. I am publicly deconstructing wait, wait, everything. Wait, 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 wait. We should, we should put a spoiler warning about what happens between Shannon and Josh later. <laughs> I was going to say, like, I'm publicly deconstructing on Twitter currently. Uh-huh. Everything. Right. Um, Josh Harris is so similar journey mm-hmm. um so yeah that's very interesting jo- okay so do you want to talk about like where eric and leslie ludy are now and where josh harris is now or am i interrupting? i don't know where eric and leslie ludy are like i yes you do don't they have a website with videos and everything oh yes they do oh my gosh i forgot about that well that's the thing okay so th- yeah and it's about these gender roles so they're still making money still profiting and, still squarely in the fold and that's what i think is like so like what i hear within this is if you do these things, if you fulfill these specific roles, then your marriage will go well. So part of it is like not having sex before you're married, but part of it is like if you are a manly man and you are a womanly, (laughs) you know, a womanly woman, then that's what creates for a good marriage, right? And it's Mm -hmm. sort of this idea of like, well, you just fall you just go into your role and then there won't be speed bumps right and that there's so much in evangelicalism about that and 
there's no, like within there, there's no like, how do I pay attention to my own feelings so that I can express them to my partner Mm -hmm. so that we can work through problems, right? Like, and I remember when you were, I think evidence of this, when we got engaged, you were, you were very sad Uh (laughs) because you were like, this is really hard. Marriage is really hard. And it's because you had all these friends that were like, that, you know, got married with this assumption of like, well, if I'm a Christian, if I'm a good Christian, then my marriage will go well. And it did not go well, right? Because we actually need- well, that's not why I was depressed. Because our friends' marriages hadn't started falling apart by then. I had literally just taken all the sermons about marriage inside the oh. church, literally. And every single one of them, by a man, said marriage is hard work. And to me, looking back, it's like, yeah, if you're in an unhappy marriage, it's a lot of work, especially mm-hmm. for the woman. And that's mm-hmm. why the, the pastors had to keep saying over and over again, if you feel like you're in a hard marriage, like that's correct and that's God's will for you. And that's to keep women mm-hmm. in, subjugated. In abusive, yeah, in an abusive marriage. So, mm-hmm. so I was just taking it all literally. This is literally what you hear all the time in these churches was marriage is hard work. And so, mm-hmm. yeah. Luckily, um, you know, a good marriage isn't. Hard work. I mean, there's obviously periods in time, yeah, but right. um, nothing like I was prepared for. So I just think these books really tell you nothing about preparing for a healthy relationship with another partner. Is that why you became an attachment therapist who focuses on couples? <laughs> yes, to to right the wrongs of the past. Well, I know. I'm being serious. Uh, like. I think it's fascinating that you're like, I just didn't ever hear anybody talk about this stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, that's part of it. Like, part of it is I had to learn. Because you're really <laughs> into emotion. Emotionally focused therapy. Which, it, you know, does couples work. And we've done it as mm-hmm. a couple. And it was so helpful for me. Mm-hmm. And you know me. <laughs> I can be very skeptical of therapy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was so helpful. So maybe mm-hmm. we should just throw that out there as a resource for people. If you know, if you're coming out of these things and you took it super seriously, there's gonna be a lot of people who found themselves in relationships that are not healthy and you know, mm-hmm. lots of lots of <sighs> failed relationships and no community right to support you mm-hmm. as you figure out that work and there's tons of people in that spot and we mm-hmm. honor those people and the hard work you have. So yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you want to give, we can give a few resources in the show notes or yeah. you can mm-hmm. even mention them too. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love the emotionally focused therapy community. They do really good work and there probably is a center near you. So look up EFT uh-huh, counselors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'll put that in the show notes too. Yeah. Um, yeah. I want to go back to like this, the, upholding the patriarchy because something just dawned on me. One thing is there's there's so much parent involvement. Um, one, one of the stories Josh Harris talks about is this couple that was doing really well. He says their parents were intimately involved in every decision about their relationship. Ah! Right? And I, th- I think I was like, okay, well, that feels That's a red flag invasive. That's a red flag. But yeah, there's this, you know, this idea of like your parents are supposed to, you know, be so a part of it. And I think what it is is like, uh, you're setting up this patriarchal marriage where the man is going to is going to have power and authority at some point, but now he's just a young man, so he needs to be under the power and authority of parents slash church. Mm-hmm. And like, it is uh, it is wild to read like the names that come up in this book, like like Josh the people Harris Josh Harris was under. Yeah, yeah, he's like like C.J. Mahaney. Yeah. You know, at one point in like the second chapter, he's like one of my favorite preachers, Ravi Zacharias. So basically all these people who are now like known abusers, mm-hmm. these books are just sprinkled with these men's names. Right. Um, yeah. 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 And so it makes sense. It's a way of keeping people in the community and in the fold. Can I say something really quick? Uh-huh. Yeah. Because we're talking about when God loves, writes your love story, boy meets girl. Girl. I kissed saying goodbye. Something I think is really interesting and I've been thinking about a bit is a hallmark of sort of growing up in a high control religious environment, which, you know, evangelicalism totally was and and publishing worked in tandem, right, to to put out these materials that would keep mm-hmm. people in the fold. 
is that there's usually like something more fundamentalist that you can point to and say, see, I'm not that. Uh This is like so liberating and actually like so good for you. And so I think a lot about there's this book called like Created Be as Help Me by Debbie Pearl. And so people in my community love to be like, oh, that book is so horrible and like just teaches women how to like subjugate themselves to men and it's disgusting i threw the book across the room and hit the wall um anyways i really love i kissed and goodbye and i've been thinking about who i want to court me and blah 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 you know i'm just uh-huh. like it's yeah. fascinating uh-huh. right fundamentalism needs you to say i'm not fundamentalist mm-hmm. and here's proof and so i think that's an important thing we're not even really talking about is like Many of us are like, no, it was fine because we weren't as intense. We weren't quiverful people or right. whatever. Yeah, you know? yeah right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there are people that are listening that were, right? Or grew up in that. <laughs> yes. I that, doubt people who like had yeah, 12 no, no, no. kids are listening to our podcast. <laughs> no, but, but I, I could mean be that wrong. grew up in, right. I could be wrong. No, and probably a lot of you, like, if you weren't that, you knew that family, right? Like, you knew that. Oh, I knew a bunch of them. Right. Yeah. I mean, we lived in Alaska, Wyoming, like, uh-huh. quiverful. Was a thing. Mm-hmm, that right. means you have twelve kids. For those not in the know, uh-huh. full quiver of arrows of kids to perpetuate the white Christian faith. Anywho, Ooh, yeah, um, yeah. Oh my gosh, this rereading this book, especially I kissed dating goodbye. I did a I did a chunk of writing when I was a teenager. And I was like, oh, it's because I wanted to be Josh Harris. It w- it is. Do just- you have any of those writings? I do. Where are they? Uh, remember my online magazine? Yeah. It's somewhere. Okay, here's the deal, guys. Here's the deal. If we get like 20 new Patreons <laughs> for our patron-only episode. We'll look at my online magazine. You will read them. <laughs> okay. We could even do a live event. Okay. All right. 20 new patrons. Crispin will read from his writings, because I've never seen him. I'll do a live react. Okay. Oh my gosh. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm just getting you. Into yeah. No. No. I mean, that's, that's do you the, consent? That's the thing, and it like I could see it in you know my writing, and like I, I want to read this. This is like so. I, I want to pivot here because I actually I told you I had some anxiety reading this, and mm-hmm. it wasn't about relationships because I've already figured out how to get married. You, you had what we call the redeeming love moment that I had yes. earlier in this uh-huh. season, which it just spiraled. I was spiraling. Yeah. I like literally like had some like OCD-ish like anxiety, like, am I pure enough? Am I good enough? Oh, like I'm sorry. Um and it re like and I don't know if it was the words that got me or if it was like reading it and then it like brought back these visceral memories. Yeah. Um but uh, yeah, it, you know, it really, some of it is, I would say like, there's so much patriarchy here, but also a huge theme undergirding all of this is like, are you a true Christian? Are you a wimpy Christian or are you a real Christian? I are you, yeah. <laughs> was, that makes you giggle so yes. much. Danielle, even if you're single, if you know God, you you still have a love life with the most passionate lover. What? Didn't you that, text me that? I did. That was from When God Writes Your Love Story. Good Lord. Yeah, it really impacted me because there's this theme of like, you got to give it all over to God, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like, and, you have no autonomy over your life. Right. Yeah. yeah. And these, and you really have to, like, if you're going to really be a Christian, you have to change everything and make sure to get it perfect and, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. And then the, like, these, um, uh, what do you call that? Um, testimonies, you know? Mm-hmm. So this is Josh Harris's testimony. Okay. Oh, I think I know where it is So going. wonderfully okay, cringe. Okay, okay. By the time I'd reached junior high, uh-huh. I'd embraced a very... 12. Ve- <laughs> yeah. 12. I'd embraced a very ungodly attitude towards relationships. I didn't fear God. <laughs> Despite my parents' diligent and godly example... I was living for sin and my own pleasure. It sounds like he's writing this with a gun to his head. Yes, if you look back at it. Right. My parents were amazing. Uh-huh. The fact that I remained a virgin during those years is, to be honest, a miracle. 
I can easily be brought to tears when I think about where I'd be today if God had not chosen to intervene. It is just, but that was like seriously the way that I wrote, like with this drama of like, I mean, I will say this, this is shocking to me in this section. He was like, you know, I remember one night, like I set up this thing where uh, I met three girls, uh, you know, at the park and made out with each of them consecutively. Oh my. (laughs) I was like, Josh What a player. Like, (laughs) how does someone pull that off? Like... (laughs) Anyway. Oh, wow. But it really, like, I mean. It must have been at a park in Gresham. We live closer <laughs> <yes>. there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there's this whole thing of, like, desirability. Like, if my future spouse was watching me right now, would they be devastated to see what I'm doing, that mm-hmm. I'm giving my heart away? But he says, what matters far beyond what our future spouse thinks or feels is what our tender Savior and gentle Lord Jesus thinks and feels. Does he have wet eyes as he watches our lives with tears because we are giving our hearts away? And that was like this huge theme through all of these books of like, are you, Jesus is watching, are you being hardcore enough? Are you being sold out enough? Yeah, I definitely had that pressure. Not about relationships, but about everything else. Right. And that was the thing is like, it was like relationships aside, like that, I think was a huge driver. Hey, Crispin, and, I have yeah. a question for you. Okay. Was was it ever enough for Jesus? No. no, like how could you, like... No, ask me that same question. Uh, well, I was going to say, uh, Eric Ludy says, he says, let me just summarize Christianity. Some uh, Christianity is me moving out and God moving in. Psychologically, we cannot move out of ourselves. That is not healthy, but it's also impossible. Like, what the hell does that mean to move out anyway? Yeah, it's impossible. It is like this this unattainable goal. That's my experience. Mm-hmm. Danielle, what, were you ever able to um, to meet that goal? No. And you... But I tried really hard, and I think at some point you have to be like, there's no end goal. There's no off switch. There's no, it's not like a job that you work nine to five and then when you go home, you like mm-hmm. turn off your job anxiety. It's like Christian anxiety. If it's about sex, relationships, God's mission in the world, being a good person, saving souls, um, mm-hmm. you know, bearing the witness of God, making sure people know that Christianity is good and is the best way to live. Like, there's no off switch mm-hmm. for that. Right. I mean, and that was the explicit it's never message. Ending. Right, like I can mm-hmm. hear like Billy Graham in the back of my head, in my ears, mm-hmm. like saying, "Like, you think you can go to church on Sunday? Like, what are you doing Monday morning and Monday afternoon and Monday evening and two? You know, like yeah. just that idea of like, if God is not, what's that saying? If He's not Lord of your whole life, He's not right. Lord at all. And it's so fascinating because, like, we think maybe we're over that kind of stuff, but like. The church, so we go to a a cool church now, but the church we most recently went to, right? Hipster, Mm -hmm. Christian, Portland, Donald Miller famous church. Um, You know, when (laughs) we- Don't get too specific now. (laughs) Um, You can be made in the image of God, but you can't be yourself. Uh, Great, great church. Um, Yeah, when we raise real questions about full inclusion, right, of LGBTQIA people and women, you know, we were just told like- you just want an easy gospel. We get it. Mm-hmm. You want to you want to rest your mind and not always be thinking about God and the right way to be is basically what they were saying. And I just want to be like you, mother effers. Like I never stop thinking about God. Like mm-hmm. ever. Which is why I'm bringing these concerns to you. Mm-hmm. And just to be told, like I get it. You just want an easy way out. And I'm like, I've worked myself to the bone. I've I'm psychologically decimated and devastated because I never stopped thinking mm-hmm. about how to be good for God and don't pay attention to myself. And you know, and they're Which just like, is, oh, yep, you want to be, you know, right? You want to be I've, of the world. I get it. Go have fun. I'm like, I'm not having fun, but okay, I'm not having fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of inclusivity, I had this boy meets girl book out on the table, and our daughter was like. Why can't it be boy meets boy or girl meets girl or they them meets they them? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, there are specific reasons yeah. why it yeah. cannot be. Yeah. 
I think they them each they them is a great title, not clunky at all, but okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love our child. Uh, um. I think that that point like kind of ties all of this together, right? We've been talking about Christian romance, but this whole series It's bigger than that. It really is bigger than and that. And it really ties back to like every part of your life needs to be tied to how you're following Jesus. Hold every thought captive to Christ. So right. it can't even just be your actions, it has to also be your thought life. Uh-huh. Exactly. Whoa. Which is like the whole idea of this book of yeah. like don't be romantically attracted yeah. to anyone. Um and uh, and I think, like, I do think that, like, our faith should touch every aspect of our life in positive ways. I think the undergirding message here is, like, at whatever it is, right, what I, like, even if it's, like, romance, relationships, all these things need to come under the subjugation of white, patriarchal, evangelical, yeah. religious authority, yeah. <laughs> I think is the, like undergirding message that we've that I've like heard this whole time. Were you gonna talk about where these people are at now, Josh Harris? Uh yeah, I mean I kind of assume that people know that he's teaching deconstruction classes. That was the last thing. He I got heard. divorced. Yes, he got divorced. You were burying the lead, Christmas. <laughs> I thought that feels like old news. Joshua Harris is now divorced. Uh the Ludies are teaching men how to be men and women how to be women. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are kind of like the two paths. <laughs> no, yes. just kidding. We're another path, you know. True. We're on a different. We're on a different branch, uh-huh. off, you know. Yeah. Let me ask you this: What do you think is romantic? Me? Yes. I just think that's so hard to classify. But I will say, doing this season on Christian romance has, has caused me to really think about that because for so long, I think I have not been in tune with what I find attractive, right? Uh, Because it didn't fit into my narrative of me being on mission for God. And so I've actually had a lot of fun, like, reading romance books. Wait, is this why you asked me, you just asked me to grow a mustache? Yes. I'm like, I think mustaches are hot. I'm going to ask Crispin to, like, shave his beard into a mustache. Like, that's that's okay if you're into it, you Mm know? And... Um, I've enjoyed some reading some romance. It's I think it's just fun to be like, I like this and I don't like that. And it's not like a moral thing because I don't like a lot of traditional romance. But um, like I just, if I find a book that I like, I'm like, oh, this is great. And, and coming back to that, what is like the romance genre about? It's about good things happening to women. And like, it's a nice world to mm. be in where, mm-hmm. where nice things happen to women. And so... I think that's super great. I think I'm I'm more on a journey right now of discovering what I find romantic and also really understanding like everybody's different. And I wish that had just been more apparent to me. And I would say social media, books, all this stuff is it's really great. You can find your place. You know, you can find your place in that and you don't have to feel like am I the only one that feels like this because I do not find this sexy. Yeah, so this season has been an interesting journey. I think, um, to me, the biggest takeaway, especially from this episode, right, if we're talking about I Kiss Dating Goodbye, we're talking about all these prescriptive approaches to dating and, like, Mm -hmm. church control over a dating life, right, is to develop your own personal autonomy, get in touch with what it is you actually find attractive, find romantic, um, and pay attention to yourself, right, not this outside voice telling you that i don't know that's sort of that would sort of be my advice to mm-hmm. people what would you say yeah i think i i think that uh i think that um and i also think that like the thing i would also say that the the aspects that make a healthy relationship like none of this really helps with that and so um, if you're noticing, like, yeah, what feels healthy to me? Like, what feels good to me um, in a relationship? What feels like emotional safety? Kind of along the same lines, pay attention to that, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, I have one last question. Speaking okay. of this pressure, right, mm-hmm. to, like, be really good and, you know, represent God to the world, 
What will people think when they hear that you're a Jesus freak? Oh, you're going there? <laughs> you're going there? Yes. This is the teaser. I, I feel like it ties right in. Because that, like I said, that is... It's so true. That it's is literally the- an extension of the Christian romance season is that... We are taking a break, you know, at least four weeks break, because we are working on our next season. Mm-hmm. Season eight? Nine? Nine. 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 Okay. Uh, which is going to be all about DC Talk's seminal album, Jesus Freak. We'll be going through it track by track. Um, With associated literature. Because <laughs> they wrote a couple of books. Rebecca St. James wrote a book. Yep. All about being martyrs and Jesus freaks and what a weird time in the nineties it was, Crispin. And we're gonna we're gonna visit that. <laughs> I'm but so these excited. books go right in line with that. You're correct. You're yeah, correct. Right, That's yeah. Totally true. Yeah. Oh, so stay tuned with us. Thanks for being with us on this journey. I'm sorry we didn't get to all the things. Um we just couldn't. Yeah. But, you know. Right. Let us know if there's something that you're like, did anybody else read this? We'd love to continue the conversation. And yeah, we're so excited about Jesus Freak, DC Talk. Um, Are we though? <laughs> Danielle's probably going to have a breakdown. Yeah. You guys ready for the so, existential crises? It's okay. We're going to we're gonna see if Kevin Max will join us. Yeah. I have a really big, I can't tell you this until we start recording for that podcast, but should I tell you now? Yes. Because I already said if we get 20 patrons, you have to read from your journals. If we end up getting Kevin Max, who is like the most deconstructed ex-evangelical of the trio of DC Talk, if we get him on the podcast, I am getting a tattoo of- on my belly <laughs> that will say Jesus saves and it'll be green ink. I'm doing it. If we get him on the podcast, wow, I'm getting a belly tattoo. Because guess what? I'm my own person, and I don't even have to ask you if that's okay or not. That's true. But I'm doing it. So if you, guys, I won't post pictures of it on the internet, but I will do it. So if you guys okay. want to see that, tag Kevin Max or whatever. I don't know. How do we get people? I don't know. He follows both of us on Twitter, I think. Yeah. Or did at some point. Uh, yeah, so excited about that. And You're talking about my tattoo? No, I'm so excited. <laughs> You, you, we were just talking about paying attention to what you find attractive. Um, but we're going to keep doing Patreon in the meantime. Yep. So join us over there. And there's a big backlog of various things. Brio Magazine. We actually did a brief episode on Jesus Freak. That would be a good introduction yeah. to the series. But we're, we're getting ready for the deep dive. Mm-hmm. Thank you all so much for coming along with us, for listening we just really appreciate all your engagement. Um, yeah, and, and again, like, you know, shout out to us on social media about what your dating experience was like, and we'd love to continue this conversation. Thanks so much. Thanks. This has been an episode of the Prophetic Imagination Station podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and send us emails at propheticimaginationstation at gmail.com. You can join our Patreon community for as little as $1.50 a month for more discussions of evangelical media and the occasional virtual hangout. You can find show notes and transcription of this episode at our website, propheticimaginationstation.com.